You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast by Auburn fans for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Auburn is not a place. It is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than just a collegiate sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, and more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people. Those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time, for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's oak trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid at the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. Welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is number five. On this episode, we're going to be taking a little bit different approach. We focused on Auburn baseball in the last one and I thought maybe we should get back to the thing that is very popular in the world right now. And when I started thinking of people in the world of basketball that kind of have a connection to it, a couple of names came to mind, but there's definitely one that I've been acquainted with through D Ford, who we seem to mention on every single episode these days. I don't know. It doesn't seem like we can be Auburn fans anymore if D Ford isn't mentioned. It's just the way it goes these days. But I want to introduce my next guest, Miss Sherry Smith-Wood. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm uh, glad to be seeing people through this quarantine. I haven't been able to see and talk to too many people. So I'm, and I'm kind of an extrovert, so I need people to talk to and be with. <laughs> I understand that completely. It's, it's yeah. an interesting new world that we live in, but hey, that's the greatness of it. We get to do things like this, Zoom calls and things right. of that nature. We get to connect on a different level. Um, you know, sometimes that's probably good. We need a little distance from each other sometimes. Like, you know, even as Auburn fans, we love each other. We're we Auburn do. family. But, uh, yeah, sometimes good, you know, good things come in small packages or short amount of times. Uh, I don't get the feeling that that's going to be the case tonight. Um, and I, I brought D Ford up, and I know that you and I met at an event that she had yes. uh, previously. Uh, tell me, since we've just included her in every episode now, and if you haven't listened, listeners, you can go back to episode one and hear her interview for Auburn Roots. But tell me your perspective of the D Ford story. I've been asking people that. Well, I have followed it from the get-go. Like, I I was following the Auburn football player D Ford on, on Twitter, and then when she popped on, I started seeing all of her posts about uh, being confused with him, and she was so funny about everything and she had so many questions and it was just so fascinating to see how she gravitated toward all the different members of the Auburn family and connected with people and learned from each one of them and she was just fascinating so I started following her on Twitter and um, 
would comment every now and then, you know, send her a tweet and she would always answer. Um, I think our relationship really started, it was in the middle of basketball season and she didn't understand basketball at that time. And she asked a basketball question and she said, who are those guys talking on the radio? Um, Cause she's try, always tried to listen to the Auburn games. And, and so I messaged her real quick. I tweeted and I said, well, one of them is Rod Bramblett, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. And my dad provides the, the color analysis of Sonny Smith. And she said, what is color analysis? <laughs> she shot right back real quick. And I said, well, <laughs> Rod does most of the talking and the play by play. And uh, the color analysis person is the one who, uh, makes it kind of funny, makes it more uh, vibrant to listen to so people can really kind of see and they get, uh, he's also a coach by trade, so he kind of throws in his coaching perspective sometimes. And and we've been friends ever since then. <laughs> and uh, so we would treat back and forth all during basketball season and then football season. Um, but we really got closer, I think, when Rod Bramblett died. And... Um, she knew that that was um, going to be painful for our family right. as well. She knew after listening to them on the radio, she could see how close uh, dad and Rod were as they experienced, you know, the, the whole run to the final four last year. She knew what a relationship it was. And um, she messaged me and said, I'm so sorry. I'm, I can't imagine how your, your dad's feeling right now. And, um, and we've been tired, I think, ever since then. So that's how I got invited to the um, the house where I met you that time um, and got to meet her personally. And, it, you know, I loved every minute of it. I brought my daughter along. I said, this is the coolest person you're about ever going to meet in the world. Right. And you've got to meet her. And um, she's even better in person than she is on Twitter. You if know? that's even possible. I mean, if I that's <laughs> even possible. She's just the genuinely coolest person I have about ever met. And I've worried about her the whole quarantine because she's, she's missing um, so much, you know, of, of sports that she interacts with us on. And um, she's been by herself too much. So I'm, I'm hoping she'll get free soon. I know we, we all, we need a little bit D, more D Ford in our life, not we just do. on the Twitter sphere, but we need it in person. We need her back. Yes, here. we nice. do. So you've got a lot of great connections, obviously, within the Auburn community, if not, if not D Ford. And if listeners haven't picked up on it by now, we're obviously talking to the daughter of Coach Sonny Smith. And that's a pretty cool connection there. We're going to touch on that when we get to it there. But, you know, as much as I love talking about D and maybe your dad a little bit, I want to know a little bit more about your Auburn story because that's the premise of these. So if I had to sit you down on a couch and, and, and like if it was some kind of psychiatrist, uh, a building or something like that. Tell me where your Auburn roots begin. How does that start out for you? I grew up in a sports family. Okay. Mm -hmm. My dad um, was in high school coaching when I was born and um, he coached all the sports, not just basketball. Uh, and we moved quite a bit. We moved from high school town, to high school town to um, eventually as he got into college coaching. So um we, we were always used to traveling and we always used to moving. And, um, I was, I think in, uh, seventh or eighth grade when we, uh, 
he was at coaching at East Tennessee State University and and he sat us down so we're moving again <laughs> and I was like all right where are we going he said Auburn University I was like where's that you know <laughs> I didn't know Auburn Alabama I was like okay we're moving from Tennessee further south that's cool let's go you know that's what we do and um so we moved there uh and I started immediately going to Auburn Junior High School um and getting to know Auburn as it was back then and getting to know the Auburn family that, you know, the, I think it was Auburn Opelika News immediately came and did a story and, you know, they're here and do they do a big spread and like, Oh, wow, this is different. This, this is different from any of the other places he's ever coached. You know, uh, we were in the, the program all the time, you know, for each, each um, basketball season. So it was, it was just, you were included in the Auburn family. It wasn't just him moving here. So um, that's when it started back then. Something interesting that you pointed out there, you know, I, I think a lot of people assume that this concept of the Auburn family started within what we would call the modern era. You know, it, it hasn't. It's been around, just like you said, back when you all moved from Tennessee down to here, something was different. So, you know, if, if we... Different. If we could dive into that, take yourself back to that time where you well, realized something was different. What was, what was it? It was different on many levels. It was different for me for one, because everywhere he had ever coached, it was a basketball, what I would call a basketball school, <laughs> basketball high school, basketball, everything. That was what the town did. Um, and then when I came here, you know, like I said, immediately it was like, oh, they're welcoming all of us. They're not just welcoming my dad. Um, and like immediately we were involved in all the Auburn alumni clubs. Dad would be asked to go speak. He would take my mom or he'd take me with him. I love to go. Um, and I got to meet so many Auburn people through that connection pretty quickly. And I saw what an amazing Auburn alumni club association that there was even back then and how vast it was because uh, back then there wasn't social media to connect people so you went to these uh clubs and they got to meet everybody and everybody always welcomed you with open arms uh it didn't matter that i wasn't i wasn't anything i was just his family member i was just his daughter but um immediately you're welcomed into it and then i'm in the community you know i'm just a regular old kid in junior high school trying to adjust to new school, new community and everything. But the community welcomed you with open arms. Um, started going to football games pretty immediately. I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember sitting in Jordan Hare with um, Coach Barfield and the, all the football assistant coaches at the time. And um, there was no upper decks. And it was just, a. Um, I was like, this is different because the, these people are football fans like people in up further north are more basketball fans and it just blew my mind and back then you know there I don't think there was an obby right then it's in 78 I think he came I don't know I know War Eagle Reader will, will tell me exactly when Barry Mask was the first obby but back then the eagle didn't fly and there was an obby there all the time that was just beginning um but you could you could just out oh, the tailgating was unbelievable compared to any place in, that I had ever lived. And I had lived all over Virginia, Tennessee. We've lived in California. I'd never seen anything like 
the tailgating experience at Auburn and how you could just walk from one tailgate to another and people were like, come on, <laughs> here, <laughs> nice to meet you. It was just unbelievable. Um, and so it just kind of grew from there. Um, no matter where we went, because my dad spoke all over the place, um, it, we were just always welcomed with open arms is all I can tell you. It, it's just a different feeling than any other school mm -hmm. that he ever coached in. And when I've heard other people try to describe that feeling, and, and I would do the same thing if I were asked the question in your shoes, you know, it, it's really hard to get it down to something really <laughs> concrete, but when you know it, you, you know, know it. it and it, it never yeah. leaves you. And it doesn't matter sporting event you're in. It doesn't matter whether you're at a soccer game softball, baseball, basketball, volleyball, track, any of those, even back then, it didn't matter. You know, you had the same feeling. And when you left Auburn, you had everybody wore eagle and you everywhere you went, if you had anything on, you know, that represented Auburn, that's always been a thing, always. And then to just to watch how all of the traditions at Auburn continue to get bigger, you know, from the mm -hmm. merchandising of it, the logos and everything, how they were back then to what they are now, watching Abby from Barry Mass being the first one to how Abby is now is pretty phenomenal. Um, all those traditions are just amazing. The Eagle flight that started much later um, now just enhances that experience even more. I cry every single time the Eagle flies. I can't help myself, I tear up. I cry every single time the um, Auburn University Marching Band comes out of that tunnel. I don't know what it is. My daughter was a member of the Auburn University Marching Band for five years as a majorette. And it was worse when she was there coming out of that tunnel. I can imagine. Wow. I mean, I was, I was a hot mess all the time. I promise you. Um, so that but, wasn't sweat pouring down. Those were tears oh, in those September no. games. <laughs> I, mean, I just can't even tell you the, you know, cause every Auburn person feels pride when they're in that, in that stadium or in the Auburn arena, when the, the, the tunnel Vinnies, the pump up videos, all those come on. It just wells up in you. And I, you know, I know that's cause I've lived here and lived here twice. Mm -hmm. I know that's cause I'm a graduate, graduated twice from Auburn. Um, I don't know if everybody else feels like that, but from my perspective, sitting in all the different arenas, everybody feels that way. That's what Auburn does to you. <laughs> it infects you. And that's a very unfortunate word I just used in the times it that we're does. living in. Uh, but it, it infects it you in a good way. It does in a great way. and enables you to handle the ups and downs of sporting life through the good, through the bad, all of it, because mm -hmm. it just, um, Auburn's just a special place. Yeah. The the university is, but being a part of the community all the time is different from other fans that come or they come and go to school here and they leave and they can't wait to come back. It's, it's a different perspective when you live here too, um, because you're in, involved in the community um, outside of the university, but you, it's really hard to separate the two. Moving away a couple of times and coming back a couple of times to yeah. Auburn, you mentioned yeah. graduating twice. You know, m there are many people out there who would love just to live there once, much less, yeah. you know, graduate yeah. just once from Auburn. They'd, you know, they, you got two. That's pretty awesome there. Well, I mean, it's one of those places, like I said, it's God's country. You, you, you know, it's just one of those places that it's the perfect size town to live in and everybody, um, is so hospitable all the time. 
-hmm. But um, no, I lived here. I went to, um, like I said, the junior high, went to graduate from Auburn High School, class of 83. I went to Auburn University. Um, while I was at Auburn University, I worked at the Auburn Alumni Association. I specifically worked in the Auburn Alum News. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's, now called, it's now called the Auburn Magazine. Uh. It's that super glossy, fabulous magazine that comes to you if you like are in uh, the Auburn Alumni Association. And um, back then it was called the Alum News. And it was, um, I think it was more, I think this one comes out, the magazine comes out quarterly. I think the Alum News came out more often than that. And the editor was Mike Jernigan. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a, he's an Auburn author. You need to know him. He, uh, I think his most recent, recent book is about George Petrie. Um, but he was an editor at the time. So, um, I, that was another Auburn perspective I got being able to work in the Auburn Alumni Association. I also worked my dad's basketball camps when I was in high school and college. Uh, it was a family affair. I helped register campers. I ran the concession stand. I made Gatorade. I, <laughs> uh, I sold, you know, snacks. I was the camp bank. So their money was protected while they were in, in the camp and they could get to it. And, uh, when they were staying in the dorms, I made t-shirts, I hot pressed, you know, I sold, you name it. Um, so it was always a part of my summer. And now we did it for weeks, 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 just like coach Pearl does it now. We had all different kinds. So and what so I'm hearing is you're, you're essentially the Chad Pruitt of that era. <laughs> well, we were all involved. I mean, it, <laughs> it was, everything we did back then was a family thing. That was, that was my Auburn experience through college. It was mostly, um, the jobs that I had that connected me to Auburn so much. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I was majoring in, you know, foreign language at the time. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Um, my mother suffered a stroke when she was 47 years old, right in the middle of basketball camp. And, um, I, I like life just kind of stopped right then. Right. Uh, we had to take care of her and um, I ended up dropping out of Auburn for a quarter or two so that I, it was quarters back then, not semesters. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, got to uh, take care of her. And so that dad could do his thing and um, still run camps and still get his season started and so I took care of her for about a year. And in that process, um, she had a real hard time communicating uh, after the stroke and, you know, was paralyzed on one side. So well, I was taking her to physical therapy and occupational therapy, speech therapy, things like that. And the professor of the Auburn University Speech and Hearing Clinic, uh, he came to the hospital immediately and started helping my mother. Uh, and then he came to our house and then he came to um, East Alabama Medical Center. And um, I mean, it was hospital first, then home. Then I was taking her to the Auburn University Speech and Hearing Clinic. Mm -hmm. And he kept saying, you seem pretty interested in the speech therapy part of this, helping your mom. He said, you might ought to think about that as a occupation. And um, I switched my major at that time, went stri straight into communication disorders. And, um, that's why I got my degree in for my bachelor's in 87. And then I got my graduate degree in 89. I, uh, got married here 
and then my husband was in the jewelry business and we moved for a while um so i lived in jacksonville florida i lived in fairhope and um lived in Sylacauga, alabama for a long time um and it was it was hard being away from auburn that i was used to it was hard being away from my parents my parents had moved to richmond where my dad was coaching at vcu after he left here and um that's uh i think we were living in Sylacauga. i had my second child by then um and my my dad retired from vcu and he was moved to birmingham to be uh uh closer to to my family and kind of and also near to my brother i have an older brother who lives in tennessee the next thing i know he's on wjox and uh the wimp and sunny show is born and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh so every, all of a sudden, everybody in our and our Alabama knew who my dad was again. I listen to your dad all the time. He's so funny. He and Wimper hilarious. And so even when I wasn't living in Auburn, and my dad when my dad uh, came back, it like brought all that all back up again. You know, it's all right. of a sudden people are like I remember him. That's your dad. You know, and I got that kind of thing all the time, mm-hmm. and I loved it. It was like oh, you know. People are, are interested in this again. So it was really interesting. Um, but my daughter was uh, accepted to Auburn University 2010. Um, and we decided we're going. We're going back. And we moved back here in 2010. She was became a member of the Army University Marching Band. My youngest daughter started going to Drake a middle school here in Auburn and that's how we got back the second time it was just we had always planned to move back and uh that gave us the reason to do it so that's why we moved back to Auburn the second time because Auburn's so nice you got to live there twice right there you go see look I don't think you had to search hard for a reason to come back for Auburn though for all this no No, no, no. we always um you know we always wanted to come back here um the the town had grown significantly and i had to drive around a long time to remember and find where everything was but um fell right into place with some old auburn fan you know auburn Auburn friends of mine so it was it was great one thing i love about your story is that it seems like you've got a good perspective of auburn of two eras you know you had a little even though you were coming back you know quite often or or, you know just connected to it all the time all the time coming to games. Yes. It, it seems like the little bit of separation you had may have given you a good insight as to maybe what, what's the difference in the Auburn, your first go around in Auburn at the beginning of the second one. And wow. now is there a difference? The, well, the biggest difference I think is the size of the community, the size of the university, both mm-hmm. of them had grown exponentially, you know, and the first time I was, I was in Auburn first un, under the perspective of my father being there and how that impacted my life then, um, my Auburn experience through college, um, and then coming back, um, I was looking at it more through the eyes of my kids are gonna go here, you know? Um, So I I watched the whole thing through the perspective of my daughter enjoying Auburn like I did, okay? Uh, But even better, she had a, a bigger and better experience than I did, I think, because she got so involved with the the marching band um and what a time to come back in 2010 i mean that child went to two national championships two sec championships well during her time and so our whole family got to experience that again um 
but instead of watching my dad on the court uh, with you know his athletes and his team i was watching my daughter on that field which was um my husband always likened it to how well that's kind of like how it must feel having a player out there you know and so it was just a different perspective for me and now my youngest daughter's there she's a junior at auburn university and she's having a completely different experience with all the the clubs and the things that she's getting involved in um and it's just a, again a completely different perspective to look at right. and then to top that off when my parents moved back here i think they moved maybe a year after i did they came back they live a mile from me i'm just <laughs> you know they're right around the corner um and then when dad came back um it took a while for people to figure that he was here you know uh and the, then he started you know getting back involved in the community and with the university he started going to practice um back then and the next thing i know rod's getting him involved in the radio and there we all were kind of immersed again in auburn through that perspective you know like um I'm always kind of viewing it through other people's perspectives. Like when I was at Auburn, um, I wasn't as involved as a lot of people. I didn't do a sorority. Um, I didn't do anything like that. I was mostly involved in the academic part of it and loved all that. But um, to watch my, my, my dad and then my children be so active in doing things at Auburn, it's a, it's a completely different perspective. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but no, I, I actually love what you're saying to be honest with you, because it, one of the premises here of this show is that Auburn in essence is not a place. It is a no, people. It is it's a people. About the, it's the people and the experiences. Exactly. It, it, and all of that. I'm not an athlete. I'm as uncoordinated as you possibly <laughs> could be. Like so that was not ever something that I was going to do, but I was always the biggest fan you could ever imagine i was always losing my mind in basketball games screaming and acting the fool i still do um i i, I just I'm, I'm i'm a big fan i collect auburn memorabilia i'm i hoard pinterest boards full of auburn stuff i take pictures all around auburn all the time um i'm just a, a big crazy fan i'm a little obsessed i i don't know i, I always kind of have been you know yeah. My wardrobe's orange and blue pretty much all the time. It's, you know, that's just a part of me. Yeah. And that was going to be my other question to you is, has that interest or that fandom ever wavered? Was there ever a no. thought in your mind, I'm going somewhere else to school? No. I, you know, when my children were born, I was like, you're going to Auburn University. Okay. That's what you're I love not, to hear. You, know, you are not going to the University of Alabama. Uh, everybody has a love-hate relationship with, with Alabama, but Again, that's a different perspective that I have too. Um, coaches' families back then were very, um, very, very tight. Right. Um, coaches and their families were, they went to SEC meetings together. Uh, we all knew all the coaches' wives and their families. If we went to to Kentucky game, the, the um, you know, they were taking us uh, on tours of Kentucky and involving the, the, the coaches' wives and their families everywhere. So um, that's why my, my dad and Whip Sanderson were such good friends. I mean, uh, it's just the way it was back then. I'm, I don't know how intense that is now, but for me, it always was then. We were always a part of everything and a part of each other's lives. Mm -hmm. So um, 
that's kind of a different perspective too. Yeah. I could, you know, want to beat Alabama really bad, but I still um, was glad to see Wimp's wife. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she's a lovely lady. And, and, you know, my, my mom and, and um, uh, Annette Sanderson are still good friends to this day. So it's just kind of a different perspective when you look at, you know, our opponents <laughs> through, Oh, that's another family too. That's coaching there. And, you know, we're having the similar experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It makes a lot of sense. And I can only imagine you know, what it's like for you as a coach's child uh, to not only deal with the stresses in and out. Of, uh-huh. Obviously we know how fickle Auburn fans and not just Auburn fans, but yeah. any sports fans anywhere can be one day. You're the best thing since sliced bread. Yep. The next day you're the moldy piece of bread in the corner that somebody forgot about and should have thrown out. Absolutely. You know the good and the bad of all this. And and in some ways, that's what makes Auburn fans and the Auburn family great is how passionate we are. But at the same time, I just wish we'd use a little common sense from time to time. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, I'm on social media. That's, you know, where I connect with you all the time, listen to your podcasts. And like, I, I, I knew who you were and listed that before I met you at that thing for D Ford. But, um, I, I just love what I love about social media now is being able to talk to and meet so many different Auburn fans. Um, I've met them through Pinterest. I've met them through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. And I love every bit of that. It's a way to connect with people in a completely different way. And you know, when they're from Auburn, you know, it's, you're safe. It's all good. You know, Mm -hmm. I've met lovely people, wonderful, fun people through that connection. But at the same time, I can, um, I, I enjoy game on Twitter. I got one eye on the car and I got the other on Twitter and I am like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, and I'm tweeting to everybody like they are, uh, one gif after another, which just cracks me up. But the whole time I'm thinking, who oh, really glad there wasn't social media when my dad was coaching. And sometimes I'm, I'm thinking, man, that would have been great. And other times I'm like, no, would not have been so great like when you know there not a whole lot happened to my dad if he wasn't winning just you know every single game back then it wasn't the I don't think yeah they had pressure to win but I think it's it's double now because of the amount of money they make and all of that like back then coaches didn't make that kind of money that that, Mm -hmm. that they do now and I don't know if that's the factor but um, I think we had, you know, a moving van put in the front of our house one time, or, you know, you might find something rolled up in your newspaper Oh no! <laughs> you know? or people would say something sometimes to me at school, but most of the time, most of the time people were great about it. I, I can't say, mm-hmm. uh, I was, you know, had any real struggles that way. People were not happy and they would let you know they weren't happy, even right. as kids. But uh, I was in school with one of Coach Dye's kids, and she had it way worse than me being football here. You know, <sighs> it was all good. But, uh, yeah, social media adds a whole nother kick to this because I'm, I'm pretty passionate. But I'm one of those – I don't know if you noticed this about me, but I'm pretty positive for mm-hmm. the most part. I don't say anything negative. I may say I'm worried. I may say I'm nervous. I may not like the officiating, but for the most part, I'm only going to say positive things about the the players, the team, uh, the coaches, anything about it. I'm, yeah. I, I, 
I'm all about the positivity and I always was. Right. Um, even when I was here, I, I, I would get upset when people say things uh, if it was about the players or my, right. my dad. Um, I can I as, understand that, and I appreciate uh, that so much. I was I was fierce, uh, fiercely loyal, and fiercely protective, and probably still am to this day because all of Dad's players were like family members to us. Mm-hmm. Like when my mother had her stroke, those players came to visit her, not just in the hospital, but once she got home, they came and sat with her and helped her do whatever therapy she was doing. You know, I can still see um, Charles Barkley. Um, he's always loved my mother. And um, I still have memories of him coming to the house uh, to sit with her and love on her and do whatever he could to help her. And he's that way to this day. Um, my mother was in the hospital October, November, December of this year. Um, and he came to see her, you know. Um, East Alabama Medical Center was was lit that day. Let me tell you, they were coming out the woodworks to see that man. Um, <laughs> everybody, all the nurses kept coming into her room, going, "You need anything? Can I help you?" Because <laughs> they would, they just wanted to see him. It was great. Um, but the players have always been like that to us, um, and they always will be. Um, I, yeah. My my dad uh, is eighty three, I think now, and it's it's been hard on him because we've lost some players this year, um, and he um, keeps in contact with all of them all the time. Um, they're always calling. They're you know he's on social media, sort of kind of. He struggles with social media, but um, it, it's given the players a way for you know to communicate with him that way. And so um, we're, it's, it's still just a big old family. Uh, they're still, um, I stay real involved with Auburn Basketball Letterman's Club because I get to see where they are and what they're doing. And it's just, that will always be a part of my life, which is yeah. another part, I guess, of my Auburn story um, because yeah. they're, they're so important to us. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. You brought up a couple of things there that I- I'm glad you touched on. I was going to ask you about Chuck and uh, yeah. <laughs> that relationship. And I, I can only yeah. imagine the interesting stories that you have there. We probably don't have time to get it into all of them here tonight. But one thing that I'm glad you brought up about him, I think, you know, we look, we all love Charles. Uh, yeah. you know, those of us that yeah. even haven't met him, you know, we, he yeah. is he is the ambassador that Auburn doesn't deserve, but also deserves at the same time. Um, I, yeah. I love the guy. And I think sometimes he, he gets a knock for being a little gruff. And especially when oh. he was younger in his playing days. But your story yeah. of how – it's a very touching story of how much time he came with your, to spend with your family, but oh. specifically with your mom. And I think that's a side oh. that people miss about Charles. And I think that speaks to how much he – not just – he was connected with the university, but more specifically with you guys and, well, and your family. Yeah. Well, he, you know, I don't know if he would say he was extremely highly recruited, you know, like he was one of those sleepers that, you know, people were like, wow, but weren't like, holy cow. And the whole world was after him. But I, I can still remember him being recruited. Uh, Cause he and I, are, he's just a, a year or so older than me. Um, and I still can see him sitting on our couch, you know, 18 years old, trying to decide what to do, but I can tell you what was important to him. You know, his, his mother and grandmother were the, the, um, most important people in his life growing up. And he just kind of looked at us and he said, I'm coming to somewhere where I know I have a family. Mm -hmm. And my mom was kind of that for him. I don't know what it was. And we were kind of that way for him. Um, that was what was super important to him. Um, and it was Auburn. It was close to home. It just made sense for him to come here. But that family connection, again, was the most important thing to him at that time and still is and still treats us. Uh, I get a text from him every now and then going, how's your mama doing? How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> and I can't tell you how much that means, you know, that he still uh, worries about them and uh, tells us when he's coming to see us mm-hmm. as much as possible. But that's that a very can't. special relationship that you guys have. And yeah. you know, obviously there's the history there and, you know, yeah. what Charles eventually became, not yeah. just for Auburn basketball, but basketball in general. Um, I just think that's a really cool and unique connection with the Auburn family that y'all have. And one, one specifically a little bit more I want to talk about is, you know, you and your mom and your now pursuit and career in life and yeah. speech pathology, right? Am, am yeah. I yeah. saying that right? Yeah. 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 So you know, tell me about that, though, your experiences with that career path. You obviously got to do that and study that while you were at Auburn. Uh, Tell me a little bit about that. The, um, like I said, it was Dr. Widener, William Widener, who got me into it. Um, And I, I came out of Auburn, wanted to work with people that had a stroke and had difficulty communicating because that was the hardest part about her stroke to me was not being able to communicate with her and my parents not being able to communicate the same way because my parents are soulmates. If you're ever around my mother and father for very long, you see immediately. They're like the notebook that, you know, that movie, they're like, they're like that. They're soulmates. I'm having a hard time put picturing your dad in the notebook type of scenarios. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, they, they adore each other. They are not, you know, if one of them is upset or sick or hurting, they both fall apart. 
that's why, uh, oh man, it, it, it's, it, it's just intense. And so, um, I just, them not being able to communicate was hard. And right. so that, that's, I guess, what spurred me into the profession. And I worked with primarily with, with people that have had strokes for the first half of my career. And then after I had children, I, I wanted to have the same schedule as them and be involved in their school. So I became a speech pathologist in school systems. So now I'm one of, I guess there's 10 or more of us at Auburn city schools. And so I'm back providing therapy at Auburn junior high school sometimes. And, uh, where I went to school and, and, you know, that's now in the old Auburn high school. So it's, it's a surreal experience working in Auburn in the schools that I went to and being able to provide services to people with communication disorders. So yeah. it's, uh, I would not have that as a profession without that happening to my mother. We always said that was the silver lining to her having that experience is that I found, I found my profession that I've had for now 31 years. Um, and it enabled me to meet, um, speech pathologists from all over the place and, um, be able to work with people that I really enjoy. Uh, so the, through the quarantine, I'm having to learn how to do it. <laughs> That's a whole new uh, level of uh, interestingness to level. speech uh, type careers, doesn't level. it? <laughs> yeah, but Auburn, Auburn City Schools is, you know, when you have a school system, it's in a college town. You know, you uh, there's a level of expectation. Um, and so Auburn City Schools is one of the best school systems in the entire state. Yeah. And I'm very proud to um, be back and be a part of that and be able to work, uh, give back to the community in that way by working in the school system in this community. There, there's no words for that. So, um, and I still keep in contact with speech therapists that I went to graduate school with here. Walking past the Eagle Cage to go to Auburn University speech, speech and Hearing Clinic, by the way. <laughs> Students of today don't know what it's like. I, I know what you're talking about. And oh. that now is just taking me back even further in my memory. So that's, that's see, it, and that's, that's the cool thing about what, you know, we've been talking a lot here about not just on this episode, but the whole of the Auburn experience and how everything's so interconnected and why it makes it so special. You know, not everybody's got as in-depth of a story as you with having the sports connection like you have or even the life story with your mom and what your career path. But somehow, someway, everyone finds a connection that makes it so special. And it's always interesting how people can finally figure out, yeah, I didn't have just a football experience. I had the whole of the Auburn experience. The whole deal. Now this, I'm going to add another level to it that not everybody knows, but I want you to know this. Okay. Wherever, wherever my dad coached uh, when he started coaching in uh, on the university level, um, my mother would start a dance group. Okay. And so when, when he was coaching at Virginia tech, uh, she thought there needed to be a dance group that would, dance at halftime to entertain everybody and so she auditioned she got it going and back then they were called the techniques um now they're called the high techs but they're a dance group very similar to the tiger pop and my mother and one of the other coaches assistant coach's wife they started that back then and so when we went to east tennessee state she started uh, a dance team there to dance at halftime of basketball we come to auburn Okay, what does she do? 
she started a dance team that was going to primarily um, entertain half times of basketball. So she and the assistant coach's wives, they all got together. These were not dancers by background. These were coaches' wives that saw a need. They had done it at other schools, thought it would be awesome here, and it was. So they auditioned and they started the Tiger Paws. Okay? I had no idea. Now, not everybody knows that, but back then it was, she called them Paws, P-A-U-S-E, trying to be punny, <laughs> like, because it was the pause and action. Yeah. And so that's, they were the Tiger Paws. Um, I'm glad now that it's the Tiger Paws, P-A-U-W-S. That's, that's super cute. Um, but she and some of the coaches' wives back then were the ones that actually started that. Um, they were initially just for basketball. They started off small. Um, they, my mom usually was a, a seamstress, a really good one, and she made almost all their uniforms in every university that we ever did. Um, and she started and she sewed all the ones for the, the Tiger Paws when they first started. Mm -hmm. So um, she, after her stroke, she wasn't as involved in it. And so other people started being involved um, that had things to do with the university. I think Sally Dean, Rusty Dean's wife, was even part of it for a while. Um, Gay Manusier was part of it. Her dad was a pilot for Auburn University. She ran it for a while. And so uh, when I moved back the second time, I kind of reached out to Letitia Durow that, you know, does the, the Auburn University cheerleaders and, and the Tiger Paws now and said, by the way, do you remember? And she said, oh my gosh, I'd forgotten that. Um, but that's, yeah, that's one little unknown fact that's, that I, I don't talk about too much, but yeah. The, the Tiger Paws were started by my mother. And it's so cool to see now how they're part of the whole athletic department, not just basketball, how they're used, you know, as ambassadors like the Auburn cheerleaders are, and they're a part of the entire game day experience for multiple sports. That was super cool coming back to campus all the time to see the growth in um, that aspect as well. So I spent all my time growing up in gyms, either with my dad was practicing something or my mom was working on the next halftime show uh, with a group of girls. So I was always up in the gym telling them whether their lines were straight enough or not, or you know what they were doing for formations out there. So that was another part of my experience growing up um, was always being a part of that. And so that was super cool. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've been sitting in a arena at Auburn or, or at the stadium and sat there and thought, I wonder if they ever meant for it to be like Tiger Paws, P-A-U-S-E. Do you know how many times I have wondered that and I now have had it finally confirmed? That is amazing. Isn't that cool? Um, <laughs> she was always trying to make the names clever that had something to do with the university, but... Um, I would love for somebody to really look at the history of the, the Tiger Paws to back then to, um, to see, because, you know, we have some pictures and things of that, but, but, you know, and I've talked to some of like Jeff Etheridge and the Auburn University Photographic Services and said, I'd really be interested in that too, to see what's still there. Um, because I don't have a lot of that documented. Like there's, I can Google things about my dad and still find pictures everywhere, but you know, you, you can't, you can't search that quite the same. If I could have um, months in the archives at Auburn somehow and could look up all that stuff, I would, 
I would, I would pay good money to do that. Oh, so look, I, I now want to know. So I'm going to commission oh. you right now to go ahead and get that done for us. Cause we all need to know the history of not just the tiger. Then the War Eagle Reader should get into it, don't you think? There are several people that are coming to mind right now that I think need to get on this project, and they know exactly who they are when they're listening to this. So, So, uh, yeah, we're we're in real deep. I mean, that's that's how that's just another level of connection that I have. Let me just see if I can put this all together here. So. Here I am just trying to think, oh, she's got an awesome story. She's got the connection with basketball, Sonny Smith's her dad. Oh, no. Oh, we're not going to just talk about We're going to talk about we've moved to Auburn twice. I've gone to Auburn twice. Mm-hmm. I have had daughters in the marching band in the Tiger Paws. I'm a speech <laughs> pathologist. Uh, my mom created the Tiger Paws. Oh, and then there's this little thing called basketball. My dad was one of the winningest coaches in Auburn basketball <laughs> history and coached this guy named Charles Barkley. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to do another episode again. We're done. <laughs> One thing I do want to say is that when I was at Auburn, when I came during that time, I feel very blessed to have been here at a time with the most amazing athletes in every sport. Yeah. I feel very spoiled because when I, when I was here, it was Harvey Glantz. It was Rowdy Gaines, Bo Jackson, mm. Frank Thomas, mm. you know, Charles Barkley, not to mention all the others, but you know what I'm saying? It was an amazing time to move here and see the most incredible talent. They were all Olympians and things like that. And I thought, you know, how often in Auburn's history do you have athletes in all of those sports that are Olympians and that amazing? And then I moved back here with my daughter uh, in 2010 and we get to witness Cam Newton, you know? So what um, I'm hearing now is you need to move away and come back. So maybe so. Another, another maybe <laughs> so. Maybe so. And kept the whole time I kept going, okay, she's got Cam Newton. She's been two national championships. Okay. What's my my youngest daughter? What's what's she gonna experience? Uh who's gonna be the elite star athletes of her time at Auburn? Because that's what I always look back on mm-hmm. as as a huge part of my experience. And what does she get? She gets Chumo Kiki. She and that gets, dude, Bryce Brown. That Bryce Brown shooting that thing from way downtown. She gets Isaac Okoro, you know. <laughs> so I think she's she's you know she's got a lot of uh, star athletes here too. So it's just it's always cool to see who's who's your who's your generation. Because I always say my favorite number is thirty four, but you know why now? Why? Because it was Bose and Charles' number. It's a, it's so, a very good number for Auburn. Uh, it's I, a very good Auburn number. It's always my favorite lucky number. There are many Auburn numbers that I have a favoritism to. That is one of them. Um, and as <laughs> you know, every Auburn player that has downed a number at Auburn is. Uh, important to us and, and we love them so yes. much but there, there are especially those ones that just find their way so near and dear to my to our they, hearts and they speak to me they do <laughs> and you have been blessed to be not only he- here for you know several years on and off again and just connected in some way to this this fandom this family this community whatever term you want to use to define it and have such a great Auburn experience and you know one of the things that I always love to do with my guests is to kind of round out our discussion with you and what I call now I have to call it this not so rapid fire rapid fire questions because normally people want to explain themselves when they answer because they feel like they need to apologize to certain entities because you'll understand when we get into it so okay 
it, it is with, you can take as much time as you need to explain yourself, but there are 12 questions that we need to okay. get through and uh, whatever you need to do to answer it. I just need an answer okay. at the end of it. I'm no, game. No pressure whatsoever. Oh gosh, you're scaring me now. All right. So question number one. Okay. Orange or blue? Oh, navy blue, hands down all the way. I I think right now I have to agree with you. I I I go back and forth so much on it. Though. Oh, it's it's so love good. me some navy. I love I love Auburn and navy. I love the band in navy. I love Auburn players in navy. I love it. <laughs> Gotta have the orange and white too, but you know, navy. <laughs> navy all the way. Yep. Question number two. Okay. Be, be careful. Oh God! So the first one wasn't painful. Is this one gonna be painful? Obby or War Eagle? Obby, Obby, hands hands down, Obby. I am. I was like, especially on gang day. Um, I'm kind of supreme Obby stalker. I kind of know like where he's gonna make appearances. I was like, we gotta be there by this time, and I, I gotta I gotta get a picture. You know, <laughs> I just gotta do it. Um, Obby gets to come to Auburn City Schools all the time. You know, he's a part of the community. I he he'll always. From Barry Mass to now, I mean, I'm. It's just Obby. I have a. I love Obby. You are one of the few that is not on Obby's list now. Uh, our previous guests for episodes one through four all selected War Eagle, and I told them that Obby was going to come after them now. So yeah. now, you, are there. I cry every time the eagle flies. I do. I, I that is one of the the best parts of a game day experience. Okay, Obby, mm -hmm. um, but War Eagle doesn't get to fly. In basketball games and in baseball games, Obby's everywhere. Question number three. Okay. Auburn fight song or glory to all Auburn? Oh my gosh. Listen, hmm. I think the fight song, I don't know. I, my ringtone is, <laughs> it's always an Auburn tune. So I'm going to have to say fight song on this one. That's fair enough. Yeah. Question number four. Might be an easy one. I don't know. We'll see. Your favorite Auburn athletics program can be any sport. I have to say basketball. Yeah. I, I'm, and I'm not going to apologize for it. We are an everything school now, and I love that. I love that all the sports are, you know, getting their fair share of everything. But I, I grew up mostly um, with my dad coaching basketball more than anything else. I love the sport itself. I'm a fan of the game. Um, my attention span needs the speed of it. I'll be honest. I I um I love it all. So I'm I'm sorry. Basketball will always be my favorite, even at a primarily football school. Hey, Sherry, your dad's not listening. You don't have to give that answer. <laughs> I'm not. I am a <laughs> basketball fan first and foremost. Always have been. Like I said, when I, I told you sitting down here in that Jordan hair the first time, I was like, holy cow. <laughs> whoa, this is a different level. So I'm used yeah. to basketball fans. <laughs> I'd be worried about you if you didn't pick that one. So I'm not surprised yeah. with that answer. Yeah, it's my favorite. I'm the most vocal during basketball season. If you'll, if you pay attention to me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tweet about it way more. Question number five, your favorite Auburn athlete. Favorite Auburn athlete. I don't have one favorite. Oh gosh. But I've had to push you just to pick one right now. Oh my gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go with Charles because of my connection with him. Yep. You no, know, but it, you know, Charles, Bo, ooh, ooh, ooh. 
well, you do. Well, you, that's my generation. So that's what I'm going to go for. But I'm going to go with Charles because of the, the personal connection that we have with him and how important he still is in my life. Um, uh, cause a, a text from him can just, I don't know, change your perspective for the day. I love the man. This one might get you in trouble. Uh-oh. Your, your favorite Auburn coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's an answer you can give here that will win you brownie points for eternity. But I want your honest answer, though. Well, that would kind of depend on the sport because, you know, each, each of our sports have had some amazing coaches through the decades, you know. Right. But, no, I'm, I'm, I am biased. I am not scared to admit that I'm biased. I told you that. Um, I'm very biased towards Auburn. I'm very biased towards Charles. I'm biased towards my dad. I'm going to say my dad. Hey, I cannot uh, fault you at all for that because okay. I don't want to – I'm not the one that has to face the repercussions, you know, <laughs> for you choosing something else. So. Oh, he would understand if I didn't, but because uh, he's, he's a, a fan of coaches too. So yeah, um, I, I have a soft spot for coaches no matter – what uh, and their families no matter what sport it is no matter where they are because it's just a it's a unique club to be in question number seven your favorite auburn non-athletics person slash celebrity can be any auburn person that's not an athletics associated person that's a good one Mm -hmm. Mm. octavia spencer's pretty high up on my list right now um i like how supportive she still is of auburn all the time her you know she's reached out to the class of 2020 that lost their um uh their graduation ceremonies uh and it's been great to watch her career so yeah. she's one of the the famous sovereign people i think that that's non-sports yeah your question number eight okay. favorite auburn building Ooh. now i know the most traditional answers are probably going to be samper hall right i know or Jordan Hare. Remember, you're not afraid to be biased. I am not afraid to be biased. So I, I, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's still Beardy's Coliseum, okay? Mm-hmm. But again, that's my bias. That's my perspective. Like, if they tear that down to put a parking garage or something, I'm going to die. I have visions of Sherry uh, just, like, nailing herself to the side of that oh. wall, just saying, don't you tear this down. <laughs> I have a daughter, you know, that's going to Auburn now that can't park on the Dagum campus. Okay. So I understand the need for parking. Okay. But my, my oldest daughter still gives baton twirling lessons in there probably at least once a week, you know, if not twice a week, she's still, um, still twirling. I, I, I know, but beardies, they, I, I'll be heartbroken when they break that down. I went to concerts in that. It's not just all the basketball games, but the, the concerts back in the day that you got to go to the Eagles and the Commodores, Lionel Richie and Whitney Houston, but not Tina Turner, you know, all the, the things that have happened there. I graduated in that building twice. I, you know, it's, it means a lot to me. I can understand why. Okay. <laughs> Question number nine. Your favorite Auburn place to eat? Oh, I might, I might have different ones. That's really hard. I'm a big fan of Big Blue Bagel because um, that's, uh, that's an Auburn place. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, as the most Auburn 
Am I thinking right? Big Blue Bagel. Okay. That's a new one for me, actually. I haven't had really? anybody mention that yet. I mean, it's people think of that when they think of places to eat in Auburn, but it's not one of the ones that I've had brought up as that's going to be my what is, answer. What is the most, what's the most popular? You know, we have not had a solid number one. You would think it'd be Mama really? G's. You'd think it'd be, you know, The Hound. You'd think it would be, uh, you know, there's several others that come to, but that no one's really settled on one specific place yet. And I think that is a testament to how great the food is in Auburn, to be honest with you. It's, um, I think we know the owners of it. Um, there's a picture of my dad and his coaching staff. Because when you go in there, there's Auburn basketball photos on the wall too. I mean, it's, and it's from back in the day. It's got a picture of Chuck Person and Frank Ford, I think. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. Again, my bias is. I was about to say, there's that bias rearing the ugly head again. <laughs> the food's good. The food is good, and it's an Auburn place. It's not a. Um, you know, I also know the, the, the people that started Mama Goldberg's, um, the Dements, they, uh, the wife worked at Auburn University, um, Auburn Alumni Association. So, I mean, it, that's a wonderful place. And Tumor's Corner. I mean, that's not, you don't think of it as a restaurant, but they've got good lunch and good, you know, not just good lemonade. They got good everything in there. Every, uh, it's, that's a contender. It's a must stop. No, even if you're just going to walk in there and smell the lemonade, you have to yes. just, you know, just stop yes. in there. Just, yes. It's a I must do. Yeah, that would be a that would be right up there with Big Blue Bagel for me. Question number 10. Your favorite Auburn tradition, it can be sports or non-sports. Ooh. Auburn University marching band coming out of the tunnel. Told you, slays me every time. Uh, you know, I would start playing it for you right now, but I'm afraid I might not get you back from the tears that might be coming out. They come peeling out of there. Oh my gosh, my heart stops. Especially because the Eagles just flown, you know, the Eagles right. landed. And then I know they're coming. They are coming out. So I love them. It's amazing that Auburn fans have any energy left in the game because by the time you get into the excitement of getting into the stadium, the Eagle yes. flight, the yes. band, the team yes. coming out, it's, it's amazing that we can cheer as loud as we do. Oh, I lose my mind every single time. I'm so glad they have their own pump-up video. It's just the best. Question number 11. Okay. Your favorite Auburn memory? Oh, wow. Um, that's a toughie. That is a toughie. Uh, you would think I would say something from the modern era with winning the national championship and stuff like that. But, again, I'm going to go back to something personal. Probably when my dad won the SEC championship, that was probably one of the most satisfying personal moments to watch him you know, go through. And so us as a family, I, I can still picture it, you know. So I, I'd have to say that. I can only imagine uh, the pride and the happiness, uh, obviously for your school, but for your family that came with that memory there. And it's, it's, you know, it's one thing for a fan to be, you know, well up with pride for my team to do it, but for your family to have yeah. that, that's yeah. got to be incredible. Yeah, that, that's, that's a different perspective, you know. Um, did he win a, a final four? No, but he was one of the first ones to get him to the, the, the NCAA and get him to the Sweet 16 mm -hmm. and to the Elite Eight. And I remember all of those games, just like the most recent trip to the final four that our, our team got to go through. Um, but yeah, I have to go back to that, those personal victories that, that were most meaningful. So that one. Love that. And your final question tonight. Oh my describe it's not a question it's more of a i need an answer describe auburn in one word 
family. It is the answer that most people kind of associate with it, but it doesn't take away uh, from any of the relevancy and the specialness of that word. Even though we may not be able to describe what makes us a family, what uh, that feeling is that we get to come to Auburn, it matters about the people, the experiences that all combine into one thing. I think that's what you showed us here tonight, that whether it's you have a connection to the actual basketball program or simply the connection of your mom and to your career now through Auburn University, those connections are everywhere and they build us into the whole of the Auburn experience. So Sherry, thank you so much for taking some time to share your Auburn story with us. And I have enjoyed every second of this. I've had my mind opened up to new things. And now I have to go and share the new information that I have in my head about the Tiger Paws, P-A-U-S-E. I had to spell there for a second. (laughs) But thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity because when you first asked, I was like, I kept telling my my daughter Mallory, I was like, surely he needs my dad, right? He really, (laughs) he doesn't want to talk to me. I'm not that interesting. So I beg to differ. So I I didn't respond right away because I was going, really? I didn't, uh, until you put it the way you did to me, I didn't think really, you know, what you were wanting but now I totally understand and I appreciate the opportunity and and you thinking of me that means a lot to me no problem and that I think that's what you know, a lot of people miss in this sometimes is that yeah your dad's got an incredible story your family has an incredible story but your story everyone's individual Auburn story is just as special and I appreciate you taking the time to share that with us tonight War Eagle Sherry War Eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?